0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to the Kings Insider podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, your host, and joining me as always, my co-host, Mr. Doug Christie. DC, what's going on, man?
1: Not a thing, man. What is happening with you? It is getting close to the draft, the off-season, summer leagues coming. Uh, man, California Cup is coming, Ham. It is that time of the year.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's going to stop. Like, I went right from finals coverage right back into full-time draft coverage. Um, It's been a little bit of a different season as far as draft season because the Kings are so high in the draft. They've brought in a lot of second-round guys and late-first-round guys, but, you know, really getting our hands on some of these these top-tier guys has been difficult. I don't think that's a Kings issue as much as it is just the way the league is going. Um, But, Doug... Uh, we've got all kinds of crazy news, like uh, the Michael Porter stuff is crazy. Um, I, I think uh, first, we, we've got to send condolences out to Zach Randolph. Uh, unfortunately, Saturday morning at 5 a.m., uh, it, it appears his brother was shot and killed outside of a bar slash restaurant in Marion, Indiana. Uh, so just thoughts and prayers out to Zeebo. Um, no one needs to go through that, but his brother Roger has passed away, and uh, those things are, are never fun. Um, I guess he's a guy who is active in, in Zach's life. Uh, he's been in Sacramento. He's He's been in Sacramento for some games, um, and, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, we'll know more as time goes on here. I know they're looking for two suspects. Um, but just really a tragedy for uh, for Zach Randolph's family.
1: Uh, absolutely, Zebo is a a really good dude, solid teammate, and uh, a great veteran. And at the same time, when stuff like this happens in a family, uh, it, it's a good thing. He, he will be around his teammates. Some some of that is you know from myself losing uh, losing people in your life is a is a tough thing, but um, ultimately. Makes us stronger. So, uh, prayers and blessings out to Zebo and his family, no doubt.
0: Yeah, uh, prayers and blessings. All said. Um, so, Doug, we do have so much draft coverage to to go through. Um, you were at the Bagley workout, yes? Yes. Yeah. So, you got to see Marvin. Um, I, we might have talked about it on last week's podcast, but what are your what are your takeaways from Marvin? Because uh, he's an intriguing dude
1: he is i mean uh elite size uh 69 to 611 depending on how you view that i i he's a big dude uh, uber-athletic, and what I consider a clean palette, fresh palette, meaning it looks like he's a great kid, great work ethic. Um, he can shoot the basketball. There are some things that he needs to work on. It kind of reminds me of De'Aaron Fox from the standpoint that there's not, it's not a, a hitch in the shot or anything. I think that being 17, skipping over senior year, going straight to Duke, and then now into the NBA, there's a lot of professional work that needs to be done. But watching him, he can do everything out on the basketball floor. His motor, especially rebounding on the interior, that is a place where he absolutely excels. And just watching him go above the rim and play above the rim was was breathtaking. The kid loves to get up. Uh, are there things that he needs to work on? Yes, but I, I would say for all of them, there are things that, that they need to work on. But he is definitely a talent, and I I would consider probably a a double-double type of guy. Um, High high side, maybe maybe you're Chris Bosh, somebody like that. Uh, Obviously, the left hand leads to Bosh, but he's going to have to have the ability to square up, uh, reverse pivot, knock down a a jump shot for for people to respect that, which then would open up his dribble-drive game that, that he is. He's really good at that as well.
0: Yeah, watching a ton of tape of him, uh, I, I just think that he is so athletic. His second jump is so quick. He gets off the ground like crazy. Um, I was impressed what little I got to see of the workout. Um, it's something that the Kings have done a lot with Scal and a lot with Willie and a lot with their their young core of bigs. Um, they had him go up against Phil Ricci and Big Bob Thornton. Uh, And go down in the paint and bang, and I was impressed his ability to not just take a shot, uh, specifically from Bob Thornton, who, uh, when Bob played, he was listed at like six ten. I don't know if he's six ten anymore, but he certainly is. You know, a three hundred pound gigantic man who knows how to smash somebody in the post. So I was impressed by his ability to not just hit. And absorb and but also, you know, by the third time he went in to go hit Bob Thornton, I saw him register. I saw the brain moving and him understanding what he had to do and the moves he had to make off of Bob Thornton. Um, and I was I was impressed by that. Uh you talk about the leaping ability, that's nuts. I'll also say that one of the things that a lot of young players that come in the league, they they're all, you know, all these six foot foot eleven guys, they can dunk. There's no question about that. I don't think there's ever been a guy in the league that big that can't dunk. But a lot of them just don't, and they don't know how to dunk in traffic, and they don't know how to dunk with the NBA length. I know it took Jason Thompson a couple of years to kind of figure it out. He would go up and just fluff the ball around the rim. There's none of that with Bagley. He goes up, and it's almost like he's spiking a volleyball. He just hammers it down every single time. It's quick. It's uh, efficient in the way that he moves to the rim. Uh, So those are impressive things. Um, But Doug, is he he a modern-day NBA power forward? Is that a concern, or can he play the four uh, and the five? I mean, where do you see him fitting in in the modern NBA?
1: In the modern NBA, I think he's both. I think he is a four and a five. I think that if, for instance, you played him and Harry Giles together, you would have no problem with him switching out and doing all that sort of thing that you see a lot of these fours and fives doing, Uh, ultimately really to take his – stock to the next level is going to be the ability to play stretch four, meaning now he has to stretch the court and knock down a jump shot consistently and that will be an area of growth but playing the five should not be a problem for him with that type of athleticism. Uh, He does have size so he's going to be right there with Al Horford and those type of players but also having the ability to put the ball on the deck and, and really move around I think then exploit some of the players that are playing against him so four and five, I don't think is
0: a problem. Yeah, um, I, in all honesty, uh, you know, the three guys that the Kings are looking at, uh, we still have it kind of the, written down. They, they're looking at Luka Doncic, uh, the incredible European prospect who's done nothing but take home every single award possible in Europe. Uh, they're looking at Michael Porter Jr., who has probably the biggest upside, uh, maybe even in this draft. Um, just, he has the back issues. And then of course they're looking at Bagley. Uh, they are having on Saturday, they, they're having Wendell Carter Jr. In for a look. I'm really not sure what that's about. Um, from what I know, they weren't that interested in Jaron Jackson and they weren't that interested in Mobamba. So they really, I mean, they, they've talked to those guys, but I don't think that they've really concentrated a lot of time and effort into them. Um, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's their decision to make If they don't like somebody's game. They don't like it. Uh, it's their sort of process. Uh, the one concern I have with Bagley outside of the fact that he doesn't play defense, even though he was very clear that he thinks he's a great defensive player, uh, when he was in for his interview, uh, with the media. But the other concern that I have is that if you do bring in a Bagley, um, number one, he doesn't fit either of your two biggest needs which are small forward and a stretch four uh and the other thing that he does is when you add him now you've got six bigs and those six bigs we're talking about six guys who who you know you want to see on the court maybe you've got costa and you've got Zebo, uh you've got harry giles you've got scala and you've got willie Colley stein where does he fit with sacramento and if you do bring him in, what is the corresponding move? Because you have to clear out maybe two of those guys to make this thing work just because you have too many bodies. And again, none of them play stretch four. None of them can really shoot consistently from that three-point range. So what do you do? Because it, to me, it kind of feels like uh, you're throwing a bowling ball at a bunch of pins and then what's, how is it going to you know scatter? How are, how are the pins going to fall?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I really think more than anything, if you were to draft Marvin Bagley, that says what you're going to have to do in free agency. You're probably going to have to look at a three and a stretch four at the at the same time. I will say this: uh, having bodies, I would rather have talent. So I I can have all the bodies I want. I want the talent to rise to the top. So if he in, increases the talent pool, and someone else has to move, that is the nature of what is the NBA the cream rises to the top. And if he is better than somebody that you already got, and that you've improved yourself, you just haven't necessarily addressed some of the issues that that you might feel you have as a team. And, and just from my standpoint, looking, I would say the neat size on the wing at the three and the ability to have a stretch for somebody that can knock down a three point uh, shot and stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Look, look, talent is what wins in the NBA. You got to have that. So, if you're going to draft for need versus talent, uh, if the talent is better, and I think that that's always the way that you go. And if that's what the Kings do, then the the off now will be predicated on. Finding free agents and other people to be a trade or whatever to fill needs that you still have. And it'll probably be that way anyway, whatever the move is, because you got to continue to improve your talent pool.
0: Yeah, I I agree completely, Doug. The the talent is going to win out. And if Bagley is the most talented player, um, then you do have to go with him. And also, you know, acknowledge full well. The Kings were one of the worst rebounding teams in the league, and Bagley, I, I don't care the whole light in the shorts thing that we've we've heard, uh, you know light in the rear that we've heard from uh, the Kings coaching staff with regards to Scal and with regards to Willie mm-hmm. and you know sort of that group. Yep. Uh, I don't think Bagley helps you there, but I also I, I watch Bagley rebound. He he's aggressive. He rebounds outside of his zone. Um, he's hungry four rebounds and he's a guy that I think does translate instantly to a double double guy at the NBA. Whether that helps you win or not, uh, that's yet to be seen. You're gonna have to figure that one out. Um but I certainly do see the talent and I mean the second his second jump I, I really I compare it to Dennis Rodman. The way that Dennis Rodman could get up and off the ground very quickly. Um it was just, you know, other people weren't ready for that. They they go up, they come down Uh, And by the time they go up and come down, Dennis Rodman's already gone up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And he's on the other side of the court. Um, So, Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that is a talent that you, you really can't sort of, uh, you can't overlook. He is an incredible rebounder. And I think he, he will score without having plays run for him. I don't think he's a first option. I think the Kings would still be looking for a number one option on the offensive end. If they were to make a move with Bagley, uh, but that kind of brings me to Michael Porter Jr. So Porter Jr., I think, in a perfect world. If the world were perfect and Michael Porter Jr. had never had back surgery uh, two minutes into his college career, um, then the Kings at number two are are deciding between whoever gets left between DeAndre Ayton and Michael Porter Jr., in, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that they're the top two talents in the draft, Michael Porter Jr. came into the season as the number one high school uh, prospect. um, Coming in, he averaged I think it was 36 points, 13 and a half rebounds, five assists, two blocks, two steals, three blocks, two steals, something like that. Um, He's an incredible athlete. Uh, He measured in at almost 6'11 at the combine, um, and with a seven foot wingspan, he's a guy who can play the three. He can play the stretch four. He, he fits every single box that the Kings need, except there's his back issue. And we had this really up and down week with him where on Friday, uh, he was supposed to have an evaluation, uh, not a workout, but an evaluation with teams. Uh, the Kings were part of that evaluation. On Wednesday, we hear that he had hip spasms. He had spasms in his hip so bad that he couldn't get out of bed, uh, but he was able to shake that off and he was able to reschedule for the same day and have teams come in. The Sacramento Kings were at the evaluation process with back specialists there on Friday. Um, We're hearing from Jordan Schultz of Yahoo, uh, source familiar with Michael Porter Jr's medical results today say everything was clean and that his back was better than expected. More good news for the Porter camp in Chicago. Now. If he has a clean bill of health, the Kings are known to love him. Um, this is probably the biggest gamble that we've seen a a team take in the top end of the draft in a long time. Uh, he's a guy that, in my opinion, projects as potentially Tracy McGrady, a guy with a little bit better size, um, but a guy who at his high end could average you know between 20 and 30 points per game in his prime. Um, On the downside, he's a 19-year-old kid who's undergone back surgery. Uh, The L3, the L4, um, he had herniated discs. Uh, There's a really interesting article on this. It's like a jelly donut that has a hole popped on the side. And every time he jumps and squeezes, like little bits of the jelly come out. uh, And they went in and they fixed it. Um, But, Doug, can the Kings do this? Can they make this pick? And if they do, I mean, what does that tell you about, I guess, Vlade and and his team and their want for greatness or their, their willingness to swing for the fences?
1: Well, I think that that is a swing for the fence. Obviously if his medicals pass, uh, I've been on record saying that he's a kid that I like uh, because he, he's talented from the standpoint, he may be the, talented in the draft with the highest upside any fits both things that you need small forward and a stretch forward. Mm-hmm. so it's the best of both the worlds the only problem as you said is the back and that would be my biggest issue if there are any apprehensions I, th- I think that you go in a different direction uh but if there is not and it is clean uh this is this is a gamble that may be worth taking it is just a, a gamble and it's but all Every player is a gamble because you never know who's going to get hurt. The fact is he's already been hurt before. Uh, But you've had um, Corliss Williamson. You have Ladi Divac. you had other players who have this same surgery and they've played long careers with him uh, at 19 years old. Is it a little worrisome? Yeah, it is. But that's where you depend on the specialist. They're specialists for a reason. You get in back specialists. You go through MRIs. You do all the research that you can possibly do. Does the um, spasms worry me? Yeah, it did. I I was like, whoa, that is a, a big red light in my opinion. And you just have to totally make sure. But make no mistake about it. This kid can play the game of basketball at a high level. And shooting from the outside is one of his biggest strengths.
0: All right, you are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports, California, brought to you by Wendy's. Get a taste of the Southwest with Wendy's new Southwest Avocado Chicken Sandwich and Southwest Avocado Chicken Salad. Bold Southwest flavors topped with cool, creamy avocado, but they're only available for limited time at participating Wendy's. Also, uh, we're going to get to our Boating and Waterway sponsorship because... uh, we love boat safety. We want you to get out there and be safe.
1: I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose baits, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
0: Doug, he's a number one scoring option, and he has a personality of a number one scoring option, and he may take some bad shots because we've seen that, but those are things that usually get better with time. Um, but he's a three-level score. He's a guy that can shoot from the perimeter, who can shoot from the mid-range, who can go over the top. He has uh, all kinds of different looks going to the basket. Um, he's also a guy that can take the ball and go back to the basket, but more of a fadeaway shooter than a guy who goes in and, uh, and does you know something special uh, with a post move, um, but in addition, he's a really good rebounder for his for his position, or he was in high school. Uh, I think that there's concerns because we have no body of work for his college game. I think he played a total of 53 minutes, but for me, um, I, Doug, if you're the Kings and there's a potential superstar on the table, and he's got an injury history uh, versus a non superstar. Uh, who's going to be a really high quality player for a long time. I, at some point, I've got to take the gamble and say, I I I have to have this, I have to have a superstar. I have to have somebody with so much potential that can change the direction of my franchise. And it's a gamble, um, but again, I, I think it's a gamble that's worth taking if you're the Kings. Um, the, the one other question I, I would have, Doug, is, Uh, we've seen this this whole rumor mill uh, going with Kawhi Leonard Um, would you consider moving that number two pick and maybe a couple of young players to go get a guy like Kawhi Leonard or is the uh, the opt-out just too big for you and you know without I mean I wouldn't do it without an extension in place Um, but I think it's at least worth discussing right
1: you you know if if you knew that he was going to sign the extension that's something that i'd definitely be interested because you want those moments in in life and for an organization to take your breath away and those those are the type of things that do it meaning all of a sudden you put yourself in contention the type of free agents that you look for everything changes with a player of that kilt it just absolutely does so from that standpoint i've said the number two pick is very valuable and you, you turn over every stone and look under it and just See what is out there and make sure that the, the the biggest thing you're trying to do is improve your talent and take that next step and continue on down the line. And if that would allow you to do it, then you definitely entertain.
0: You know, I I, I would have to look, but without an extension, I, I just, I wouldn't even have the conversation and I'm not giving up De'Aaron Fox. I'm probably not giving up Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, I might talk about, you know, a couple other players, Uh, but if you can get a 26, almost 27-year-old, you know, star who's one of the best two-way players in the game, probably is the best two-way player in the game when he's healthy. Um, But again, I'll I'll just point out for all the Kings fans that are out there uh, touting Kawhi Leonard as the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, He also played nine games this season, so if you're worried about Michael Porter Jr., uh, you probably should be worried about Kawhi Leonard and... (laughs) Not Ripple. just not just the injury, but the way he reacted to the injury, uh, as opposed to Michael Porter, who did everything in his power to get back in time to play and hopefully help his team um, get through uh, the, their conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament. It didn't work out, um, but he did make it back, and you know he looked like a kid who had been laying on his back forever. Uh, I'll also point out with Porter, um, the back spasm, the hip spasms um as a guy with back problems look it, he he's still he's 7 months removed from back surgery he's going to need to get stronger he's gonna need times where his body says you've pushed too hard and other times where uh it's saying like oh well, let's go 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 we're ready um and so for right now i am okay with uh some hip spasms because i just know like again as a guy with a, a history of back injuries that the back is a funny thing, and it does all kinds of mean and horrible things to you. Uh, but when you get it right, uh, and at 19 years old, he he has plenty of time to get in with a really good medical staff and have everything refined and developed, and uh, you know his core strength added to his leg strength added to uh, some tweaks to his body mechanics that that a really good medical staff like the Kings have can do for a player. So I'm open-minded, Doug. I'm open-minded as long as we continue to hear good things about his back. Um, Absolutely. Doug, do you have any final thoughts? Because we're going to do a, a little short pod here today.
1: Uh, no, I, I think more than anything, man, I like the fact that the Kings are entertaining a lot of different things, in my opinion, and they are being exhausted in their uh, search make sure that they take full advantage of the number two pick and that is uh, i think it's paramount for the king's organization and sacramento king's fans going forward so i got my fingers and my toes crossed ham and and i'm hoping that it uh you know we it it shined on us moving up to get the number two pick now hopefully that number two pick shines as well
0: that's right all right so that's going to do it for this edition of the king's insider podcast uh we got all kinds of things coming up this week Make sure we've got Facebook Live on Monday and Wednesday uh, leading up to the draft. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Jim Cosmore, John Wilson will come up and we will do a Facebook Live Draft Day show on Thursday. Thursday, of course, June 21st is the NBA draft. Should be one of the most exciting nights in Sacramento Kings history. Uh, and on that note, I'm also going to remind people that the Kings are doing a draft day party and it's uh, it's a cool way to come And celebrate a big moment for your team uh, and to celebrate with other Kings fans you can go to kings.com backslash draft to get your free draft party tickets Uh, and I I think there's food and drink specials and everything else so really good stuff that the Kings are doing there um, where you can kind of celebrate and or scream and yell or cry or whatever might happen on draft night but you do it with other Kings fans and it's a it's a cool experience Um, So, again, that's going to do it for this edition of the King's Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you very soon. All right. You've been listening to the King's Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.